KMTT, and this is Ezra Beck, starting a new week in KMTT. Today is Monday, 29th day of Chodesh Shvat. I was checking the budget of the KMTT to see how much money we have for publicity. Our publicity budget is zero, and therefore our only publicity that's possible is by appealing to our readers, our listeners, we don't have readers, to our listeners. So I was thinking, if each one of you would say, in your shul there's a bulletin, put a small piece about KMTT into the bulletin. We're talking a hundred words. Just make sure you get the address, the web address correctly, www.kimitzion.org, O-R-G. And just tell them, there's a new program called KMTT. It provides half hour of audio for someone to take on an MP3 with him. When he gets into his car, he goes on the train, goes jogging, goes walking. And it gives a person an opportunity to learn every single day. That's all you have to put. But we really like to have KMTT spread throughout the Jewish community. And I'd really like for each one of you to be our ambassador and get it and get it spread around. Today's shir is by Harav Yair Khan. It's the shir, the weekly shir in Hilchot Brachot. And after the shir, I'll be back again with the Halachayom. Today we're going to deal with the Halacha that doesn't appear explicitly in the Bavli, but it does appear, appear in the Talmud Yerushalmi. The Talmud Yerushalmi says as follows, Rabbi Yochanan Nasav Zesa, Uberich Lefanov Ulachrov. Rabbi Yochanan took an olive, he ate it, and he made a bracha before and after. Vahav Rabbi Chiyabar Va Mestakobay. Rabbi Chiyabar Abba was looking at him in wonderment. Amar Le Rabbi Yochanan, Bavlaya Mata Mestakobay. So Rabbi Yochanan told Rabbi Chiyabar Avya, Bavlaya, somebody who came from Bavel, why are you looking at me? Let Don't you know that there's a halacha, that if you have something which is from the Zayn Minim, then not only does it require a bracha lefaneha, bari praeitz, but it requires a bracha lacha as well. The bracha of bracha achas mein shalosh, ala eitzval praeitz. Umatzrichale, what was Rabbi Chiyabar Abba bothered with? Since Rabbi Yochanan, when he ate the olive, he spit out the, the pit, therefore it no longer had a shear that, uh, that you need for a bracha achrona. The shear for bracha rishona is a koshahu. You're not allowed to get any hana mina olam hazeh without a bracha. And therefore, even if somebody eats a small amount, one is required to make a bracha rishona. However, regarding a bracha achrona, there's a shear. You have to eat a kazais. Now, Rabbi Yochanan ate a zayis without the pit. In other words, he didn't have the shear of a kazayis when he ate this zayis, when he ate this olive. Doesn't Rabbi Yochanan realize that spitting out the pit makes it less than the shear of a kazayis? What was Rabbi Yochanan doing? The answer is Mishum Beria. Rabbi Yochanan thought that even though you didn't have the shear of a kazayis, nevertheless, since he ate a complete fruit, which is known as a beria, therefore acquires a bracha achrona. Milsed Rabbi Yochanan Amra, Shekain achal preida achas shel anav, even if one ate one grape, preida achas shel rimon, shuton bracha lefaneu ulacharea. In other words, if one eats a, a whole fruit, or perhaps even part of a fruit, regarding preda achas sorimo, we're not going to discuss that today, it requires a bracha lefaneha 
ula achareha, and therefore, if one eats a complete food, one does not have to have the shiur of a kazayis. That's the din of Yerushalmi. The Bavli has a parallel story, the same, actually the same story between Rabbi Abba and Rabbi Yochanan. However, it leaves out the entire issue of Beria. In the Bavli, Brachos, Daflamet Chetamet 38b, we have the following story between Rabbi Abba and Rabbi Yochanan. Am Rabbi Abba, Anira Isias Rabbi Yochanan, Sha'achal Zayt Maliach. I saw Rabbi Yochanan eat a pickled olive. Ubarich alav tchilav asof. And he made a bracha before and after. How could Rabbi Yochan possibly have made a bracha on this one pickled olive? Since he spit out the pit, it no longer had the shiur of a kazayis. Who said that you need a large zayis? It's sufficient to have a medium-sized zayis. The zayis that was brought before Rabbi Yochanan, that Rabbi Yochanan ate, was a large zayis. And therefore, even though he spit out the pit, nevertheless, he ate a shear of a kazayis of the olive. Now, what's totally missing in the Bavli is the entire issue of, of uh, Beria. Beria doesn't appear at all. According to the Bavli, the indication si- is, seems to be that if you didn't have a shear of a kazayis, then there would be no bracha achrona on eating a kazayis, even though a olive, a whole olive, is considered a Beria. So at first glance, it would appear that the Bavli argues on the Yushalmi. However, it's impossible to say that the Bavli totally rejected the idea of Beria because we find the concept of Beria in the Bavli as well. The Mishnah in Mako says as follows, How much Tevel does one have to eat in order to be Chayev? Tevel, tevel is, this, is agricultural produce before Trumos and Maestros were taken from them, and therefore it is also to eat Tevel. And if somebody eats Tevel, then he's Chayev Malkus. So, Rabbi Shimon, so the question is, how much Tevel does one have to eat in order to be Chayev Malkus? Rabbi Shimon Omer Kolshu. Rabbi Shimon said there's no shear, even if one ate a small amount, one is Chayev Malkus. We'll see later on what Rabbi Shimon meant. Chacham said that Tevel is like all other Machalos Asuros, and in order to be Chayev Malkus and Machalos Asuros, one has to eat a Kazayis Bechtechilas Pras. Rabbi Shimon said, don't you agree that if one ate an amala, one ate an ant, or an entire ant, then one is chayiv even if one did not eat the shear of a kazayis? Because there you ate a, an entire organic unit, you ate the entire, you ate the entire ant. And therefore, you're chayiv malchus without eating a shear of a kazayis. Therefore, Rabbi Shimon said, also when one eats an entire chita, that is also considered kibriyasa. That's also considered, it has a din of a beria, and therefore it doesn't require a kazayis. The Gemara in Makos, Daf Yudzayin Beis, 17b, makes the following comment on the Mishnah. Rabbanan, biyas neshama chashuva, chita lo chashuva. 
And according to Chachamim, who argue on Rabbi Shimon, the Mala, regarding the Mala, they're willing to concede that it has a din of Beria, because an Amala is, is alive, is a live animal. Beres neshama chashuva. Chita lo chashuva. However, Chita, which is simply a botanical unit, is not considered important, and therefore doesn't have the din of a Beria. In any event, we find that the Bavli agrees with Yerushalmi regarding the basic concept of Beria. The idea of Beria exists in the Bavli as well, albeit within the context of Machalos Asiros. And now the question is, what's the relationship between Machalos Asiros and between Brachos? According to Yerushalmi, there's a din of Beria regarding Brachos as well, not only by Machalos Asiros, while according to the Bavli, we don't necessarily notice any indication that there's a din of Beria regarding Brachos, and as a matter of fact, the indication would be, act, would be actually the opposite. The indication from the Bavli is that there is no din of Beria regarding the din of Brachos. This is certainly the impression that one gets from the Rambam and the Rif, that regarding Brachos do not bring the din of Beria at all. The din of Beria simply does not appear according to the Rambam and the Rif regarding Hilchos Brachos, and apparently they felt that the Bavli argues on Yerushalmi, even though the Bavli has Brachos regarding Machalos Asros, it doesn't have Beria, the din of Beria, regarding Brachos, regarding Berchos Anenin, regarding the din of Kezayis that's acquired for a Bracha Achrona. A possible explanation might be that the shear of Kazayis regarding Bracha Achrona is learned from the Pasuk of Achalta v'savata uverachta, midda oraisa we need kadei sevia, that one should eat enough and be satiated. According to Chachamim, they said that one doesn't have to eat enough to be satiated, but even if one eats a Kazayis, that's sufficient to require a Bracha Achrona. But the shear of Kazayis might be a minimal shear of kadei sevia. One doesn't have to eat a full meal, but as long as one eats a kazayis, that's enough of a kadei sevia in order to be mechayev a bracha achrona based on the pasuk v'achalta v'savata uverachta. So even though the pasuk might be referring only to eating lechem, may not be referring to shiva saminim, nevertheless the idea of v'achalta v'savata uverachta, which according to Rabbanan is applied to shiva saminim as well, uh, nevertheless that is what is koveya, regarding when a bracha chrona is made. So the requirement of a kazayis is a minimal shear of kadei sevia. If it's a minimal shear of kadei sevia, then one has to actually eat a kazayis. If one ate a beria, which might be an, an entire organic unit, however, does not add anything regarding sevia, then that doesn't help us regarding the bracha achrona. In other words, the significance of beria might be important regarding machal sasuras because machal sasuras don't require kedei It requires some kind of an achila chashuva. And eating a beria might be considered an achila chashuva. We're going to discuss this in greater detail later. However, bracha achrona, which needs the shear of kazayis for some kind of a kedei sviya, a minimal kedei sviya, Beria is not a Kadei Sviya. requires a certain amount, a certain minimal amount. And the Chashivas of Beria doesn't make it any more severe, any more satiated because it was a Beria or if it was not a Beria. You ate the same amount, which is less than Kazayis, and there is no Vachalta Visavata, and therefore there is no Uberachta. On the other hand, we find certain Rishonim who claim that basically the Bavli agrees with Yerushalmi, and the din of Beria applies to Brachos as well. 
However, the Machlokas, Bavli Rushalmi, if there is such a Machlokas, might, ref- might refer to the specific case that the Bavli is referring to. For instance, the, regarding the case of the Bavli, Beria is not mentioned. What's the case of the Bavli? Where Rabbi Yochanan ate a Zayis, and he did not eat the pit. The Ra'af, for instance, claims that the Machlokas between the Bavli and Rushalmi is whether not eating the pit is something which is pogain, which takes away the din of Beria from the olive. He ate the entire olive, however, he did not eat in the, in the olive, the part of the olive that is not roi l'achila. Is that considered eating a beria, or is that not considered eating a beria? According to the Ushalmi, even if you spit out the pit, it's considered eating an entire beria, because you ate of the beria of the entire organic unit, everything that is roi l'achila. And therefore, even though you spit out the pit, nevertheless, it's considered having eaten an entire beria. The Bavli might argue, if you eat an entire beria, that's considered, that has a chashivus of beria. But if you take an olive and spit out the pit, you did not eat the entire organic unit of the olive. You, you spit out the pit. And since you spit out the pit, it's not considered as if you ate a beria. And therefore, the Bavli says, in the case of eating a zayis, one requires the shear of a kazayis. You cannot use the din of beria regarding eating eating a kazayis. That's basically what the Ra'ah claims. In other words, the machlokas between the Bavli and the Yushalmi is regarding the specific case of Rabbi Yochanan eating an olive and spitting out a pit. Does one apply the din of Beria in that case? However, in general, whether the concept of Beria applies to Brachos as well, the Ushalmi agrees with the Bavli, the Bavli agrees with the Ushalmi. Yes, there is a din of Beria regarding Brachos as well. Similarly, we find the Mishkanos Yaakov, who says that the Machlokas, Bavli and Yushalmi, is analogous to the Machlokas between Rab Shimon and Chachamim. The Yushalmi holds like Rab Shimon, that, that you don't require Beriyas Nishama. It doesn't have to be an animal. But even uh, an entire vegetable, Chita, is also considered a Beria. The case that the Ma- Bavli and Shalmi argued about was a case of an olive. An olive is not a Beriyas Nishama, it's not an animal. It was never alive, but rather it's something that grew in the ground. It's an entire fruit. According to Rabbi Shimon, the din of Beria applies to a fruit as well, while according to Chachamim, the din of Beria does not apply to fruit. However, it does apply to Beriyas Nishama. So, accordingly, the Bavli would agree to the din of Beria, but not regarding an olive. However, it would agree to Beria regarding something which was once alive. For instance, if one ate a small, uh, a small fish, a small uh, salted fish, but the fish was complete, and he ate the entire fish, would the Bavli agree that one makes a bracha achrona, a bar nefashos, even though that fish was less than a kazayis? According to Mishnah Yaakov, the halacha is that one should make a bracha achrona, even if it wasn't a kazais, because the Bavli agrees to the concept of beria, as we see in the Gemara in Makos, if it's a beria's neshama, and only rejects beria of, of, of grown items, of agricultural produce. For instance, a chita is not considered a beria according to Chachamim, and therefore also an olive is not considered a beria according to Chachamim. However, a beriyas neshama is considered a beria, and according to that, if one would eat an entire fish, even though it was less than a kazayis, it would require a bracha achrona, even according to the Yerushalmi. 
according to the Bavli. However, however, as we mentioned, this halacha does not appear in the Rif and the Rambam. The Rif and the Rambam do not bring the din of barrier regarding brachas whatsoever. I suggested that according to the Rif and the Rambam, one needs a minimal share of Sevilla. And therefore, the chiluk between Beris Neshama and uh, agriculture barrier would have no significance whatsoever according to that, that understanding. There are opinions that seem to suggest that there is no machlokas between the Bavli and the Yushalmi whatsoever. Uh, for instance, the Rav Yah claims that the Yushalmi is talking about a situation where the olive was whole, while the Bavli is discussing a situation where in the pickling process the olive was crushed. So since the olive was crushed, it's not a barrier at all. So the Bavli only deals with the question of whether there was a shear of Isaias. One cannot discuss Beria if the olive was crushed. That's what the Rav Yah claims. However, had the, the, the olive, in the case of the Bavli, been a complete olive, even the Bavli would concede that there's a din of Beria regarding Brachos. That's what the Rav Yah says. Similarly, similarly, the Rush claims that the Bavli and the Shami are dealing with different cases. According to the Bavli, we're take, talking about a case where the olive was removed before Rabbi Yochanan ate it, and therefore he did not eat an entire beria. While according to the Yushalmi, it's talking about a case where he put an entire beria in his mouth and then spit out the olive. And therefore, according to Yushalmi, it was a case of beria. But basically, there is no machlokas between the Baal and Yushalmi. The, the only machlokas is what was the case that came before Rabbi Chibar Abba and Rabbi Yochanan. According to Yushalmi, it was a case of Beria. Well, according to the Bavli, it was not a case of Beria, either because the olive was crushed or because it was a pitted olive. The olive was removed before Rabbi Yochanan ate it. And therefore, the Bavli did not discuss at all the, the, whether, whether or not the issue of Beria applies here because it was not a Beria. However, according to Yushalmi, it was a Beria, and therefore, it requires a Bracha because of the din of Beria. And the Bavli basically agree with that. They're only arguing on what was the case that came before uh, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba and Rabbi Yochanan. What should catch our attention is that the Ra'ah, the Ra'aviyah, and the Rush all agree that the Bavli would agree in the case of eating an, an entire olive that din of Beria applies or eating some other agricultural, complete agricultural item, the din of barrier applies regarding bracha achrona. According to the Ra'ah, the only issue is if he spit out the olive. However, if one ate a complete fruit uh, where he did not spit out the pit, then the din of barrier would apply even to some complete agricultural unit, even according to the Bavli. However, this seems to contradict the Gemara in Makos. In the Gemara in Makos, we saw that Chachamim argue on Rab Shimon, and Chachamim say that only a Baris Neshama is considered a barrier. Only a complete animal is considered a barrier. A complete agricultural unit, like a chita, is not considered a barrier, and that requires eating of a kazayis regarding ma'achalos asuros. Why do the Aviyah, the Ra'ah, and the Rush all agree that regarding brach achrona, even a, an agricultural unit is considered a barrier? In order to explain this point, we have to try to analyze why do we normally need a full kazayis, let's say regarding ma'achalos asuros, and how does beria circumvent the necessity for kazayis? Now basically there are two main approaches that I can suggest 
for the necessity of a kazayis. The first approach is that a kazayis is requ- required in order to be defined as a maisa achila. When I take ma'achalos asuros, in order to get malchus, it's not sufficient that I ate ma'achalos asuros, that I ate a cheftza isura, something which is asur to eat. I ate, I took some chazir and ate chazir, but what I have to do is do a maisa achila on that chazir. It says, lo sochlu. And therefore, in order to be over the isra of machalos asuros, one has to do a maisa achila. Regarding the status of the cheftza, the object, even less than a kazayis is considered machalos asuros. It has a din of machalos asuros. However, in order to get malchus, one has to do a maisa achila. What is the definition of a maisa achila b'chol torakula? The definition of a maisa achila is eating kazayis b'chtei achilas pras. For instance, if one wants to fulfill the mitzvah, mitzvah of matzah, one has to do a maisa achila on matzah. What is a maisa achila on matzah? Eating a kazayis of matzah b'chtei achilas pras. Less than a kazayis is also defined as matzah. However, the mitzvah is achilas matzah, and therefore one has to eat a kazayis of matzah bechtei achilas pras. Parallel to that idea is regarding machalos asuros. Tevel, less than a kazayis, is considered tevel. It's machalos asuros. But in order to be chayiv malchus, one has to eat a kazayis of machalos asuros, a kazayis of tevel, bechtei achilas pras. Otherwise, it's not defined as a maisa achila. For instance, we find this machlokis between Rishlokis and Rabbi Yochanan in the Sugya in Yoma regarding chatzi shir asr Is it asr to eat less than the shir of machalos asuros? According to Rabbi Yochanan, chatzi shir asr It can be explained as follows. Since you swallowed machalos asuros, you intook machalos asuros, therefore you were over an iser. Why don't you get Malkus? Because you didn't do the Maisa Achila. But since it is a Heftza, the Isra, it's a Heftza, the object is Machalos Asuros, which you took into your body, therefore you violated an Isra Minatora. However, since you didn't do a Maisa Achila, therefore you don't get Malkus. In order to get Malkus, you need eating a Kazayis of Machalos Asuros, Bechtei Achilas Pras. But the chefza, the status of machal sasuros, exists independent of, of whether or not you ate a kazayis or didn't eat a kazayis. According to this approach, what are we forced to say regarding beria? How does beria eating, let's say, a, a, a beria sashama, according to Chachamim, or even a, an agricultural belia, according to Rabbi Shimon, how does it overcome the fact that one did not do a maisachila? Even if it's a, it's a beria, nevertheless, one ate less than a kazayis bechtei achilas pras. If one did not do a maisa achila, one should not get malchus. Apparently, what we're forced into saying is that since one ate an entire unit, therefore that has a din of a maisa achila. The shear of kazayis regarding maisa achila is only required if one's action had no, had no objective significance. And therefore, we have to give it significance by it having eaten a certain significant amount. However, if one ate something that has objective significance, if one ate a beria, then that's considered a maisa even though one did not eat a kazayis. In order to illustrate this point, let's take some, a parallel idea. Let's take the shear of Shave Pruta regarding... Uh, monetary objects. 
normally, in order to be considered something that has value, it has to be considered Shava Pruta. It has to have the value of a Pruta, which was the minimum Matbeya at the time of the Gemara. If it was less than a Shava Pruta, it was not considered as having value. It was valueless. For instance, if somebody would take uh, something that had less than the value of a Shava Pruta and want to make a transaction with it, wanted to buy a field with something that had less than a Shava Pruta, the, 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 the Kenya would not be Chal. Because in order to be considered Kesef, in order to have value and to be considered Kesef, it had to have the value of at least a Shava Pruta. Less than a Shava Pruta is not considered a Kesef. However, we find that there is a Kenyan called Chalipin. If one took a Kli, one took a utensil, a complete utensil, for instance, one took a, a needle, a sewing needle, one sewing needle that was worth less than a Shava Pruta, and one made a Kenyan by giving over this needle, the Kenyan would be good, and that would be considered a... That's a Kenyan Chalipin. According to some Rishonim, for instance, the Raivet and others, a Kenyan Chalipin works because Chalipin Hareu Kekasef. It works on the same, on parallel lines to Kenyan Kesef. Even though I didn't give money, nevertheless, I gave a Kli. A complete Kli, which is a complete unit that has a value not because of its, its monetary value, but because it's f- of its functional value, can create a transaction even though it's not a Shavapruta. This idea is expressed explicitly by the Rashba and Daflam and Testament Beis regarding a din of Shmuel that normally in order to be Chayv one has to make a Shvua on Shnei Kesef. However, if, in other words, if I demand from the other party and say that you owe me Shtei Kesef, and he says, I don't owe you Shtei Kesef, then there is a din that he, that he has to take a Shvua in the, in the conditions that require Shvua. However, if, according to Shmuel, if I say you owe me shnei machatin, shnei kalin, two utensils, even though, according to Rashba, it is not a shava pruta, nevertheless, you have to take a shvua because I demanded a tviya of something that has parallel value to money. Its value is not a function of its worth, of its monetary worth. Its value is a function of its utility, of, of, of the fact that it has, it has functional utility. And therefore, since two machatin, two needles, have functional value, therefore it, it requires a shvua even though it does not have monetary value. What we see is that even though we don't have monetary value, since we're dealing with some objective item, which is a complete unit, a complete kli, that has functional value, the functional value can replace monetary value. And therefore, I don't need shave pruta, I don't need the value of a pruta, the monetary value of a pruta. It's enough that I have a complete kli that has functional value. Similarly, we can say regarding, regarding ma'achalos, regarding food. If it has no objective objective definition, it's not a complete barrier, then I need a certain shear. I need a maisa achila of, certain, of a certain significance. I need that you eat a certain amount. However, if we're talking about something that has objective value, 
objective natural value. It's a complete organic unit, therefore it's defined as a Maisa Achila, even though I didn't eat a certain amount. I ate a complete unit, and therefore I don't need an amount into making it into Maisa Achila. The fact that I ate a complete unit, that gives significance to my action. I ate, I accomplished an, an act of eating because I ate a complete unit, an organic unit, and therefore it's defined as Maisa Achila. However, where there is no objective, no objective unit, there, in order to define my action as a Maisa Achila, I have to eat a certain amount. The amount, according to Chachamim, is eating a kazayis. If you deny eat a kazayis, it's not defined as a Maisa Achila. In other words, according to this approach, the din of Beria circumvents the necessity of kazayis by defining the Maisa as being a Maisa Achila by virtue of the fact that you ate a complete organic unit, or a complete, perhaps, perhaps a complete animal unit. That's one possible approach. The second approach is to, com- is to claim that regarding Ma'achalos Asuros, since it's less than a Kazayis, it has no Chashivos, it has no significance, and therefore it's not even defined as Ma'achalos Asuros. It has no din of Ma'achalos Asuros. It, it's not Bechlal considered a Chefza de Isura. This might work better with the Shita that Chatzishir ain't no Asur Torah. That eating less than a Kazayis is only Asur Midrabanan, it's not Asur Torah because it's not even a Chefza de Isura. If this is the case, that less than a Kazayis doesn't even have the Halacha of a Chefza de Isura, even the, the object itself, the Din of Machos Asur is not Chal on the object, then what we're going to have to say is that Beria has chashivos, and therefore circumvents the necessity for kazayis, because Beria has independent chashivos, being that, that, it's an entire, that it's an entire objective natural unit. I would like to suggest that there might be an afkamina between these two different understandings. If we require the din of barrier to circumvent the requirement for Maisa Achila, then all I need is a Maisa that accomplished something significant. Something significant on the objective level. In other words, you did an action that accomplished something. You ate something that has objective, that has some objective definition. For instance, if you ate a certain amount of cake or a certain amount of meat, it has no objective definition, it's not a barrier, then you require a kazayis. But if you ate something that's defined in objective terms, that action is considered a ma'isa because you've accomplished something, you've done something that has objective significance. You ate something which is defined as a barrier. And therefore, what kind of a barrier it is, whether it's an agricultural barrier, a fruit, or whether it's a, a, some kind of a living barrier, some kind of a complete animal, a fish, a, a, an ant, isn't significant. The question is whether your maisa had some objective significance, or whether the definition as a maisa achila requires a certain amount. If you didn't eat any objective natural unit, then we have to have a certain, a certain amount. However, if it was some kind of objective natural unit, then we can suffice with, with eating that unit and it's considered a maisa achila based on the fact that you, your action had some objective accomplishment. On the other hand, 
if we're talking about having a din of a chefza de isura, then we require chashivus. Only something that has a certain amount of significance and importance, only that is defined as ma'achal asuros. And therefore, the Gemara in Makos regarding ma'achal asuros requires, according to Chachamim, beriyas neshama. Only a beriyas neshama has chashivus. Something which is only a fruit, is not a beriyas neshama, has less chashivus, has less importance, objective importance, and therefore is not considered ma'achal asuros. It's less than a kazayis, it has, it's not considered a ma'achal asuros. In order to be considered ma'achal asuros, even though it's less than a kazayis, it has to have some importance, some objective importance. What has objective importance? A beriyas neshama is chashiv, it has objective importance. Something which is simply grew on a tree, or grew in the ground, even though it's an entire unit, nevertheless lacks that significance, lacks that importance and would not be defined as according to what we're suggesting we have a possibility of distinguishing between what is required regarding and what is required regarding brachos. regarding I need that the object be defined as as the isura and therefore I require beres neshama as well However, regarding brachos, all I require is that it be considered a ma'isa achila. If you did a ma'isa achila, then you need a bracha achrona. There is no concept of ma'achos asuros with, with, within the context of brachos. We're not discussing ma'achos asuros at all. All that we need is that you have done a ma'isa achila. If you did a, did a ma'isa achila, then you have to do a bracha, then you need a bracha achrona. And therefore, what is it that I need in order to be defined as my sahila, I need that my action accomplish something on the objective plane. Either I eat, and therefore I have to eat an entire barrier, whether the barrier is a barrier to shama or whether it's an agricultural barrier, is of no significance whatsoever. If I don't have an objective natural barrier, no objective natural unit, then I have to eat a certain significant amount, and that's a kazayis. And therefore, we come to the conclusion that regarding brachos, it's sufficient to eat any type of barrier whatsoever. It's considered a ma'isachila. However, regarding machos asuros, chacham require berias, neshama, only a barrier of some, of, of some an, uh, an animal unit. But an agricultural barrier would not be sufficient because it's not defined as machalos asuros, as a chefza di isura. Lahalacha, the machlokas among Rishonim, expresses itself also in a suffix regarding psak. Therefore, lechatchila, one should refrain of eating a barrier, whether it's an agricultural barrier or whether it's some kind of an animal barrier, like eating a small fish. Some achonim, for instance, the Mishkan Yaakov says that even the Bavli conceives regarding. Beis Neshama regarding a small fish, the Chalvas argues, and therefore it's a big machlokus among the poskim. Once you refrain from eating such items, uh, for instance, if one eats garinim, one eats uh, one eats a small little uh, little nuts and spits out spits out the, the shells. Is that considered eating a barrier? Does it require bracha achrona, even though one did not eat kazayis, or does it not require bracha achrona? Uh, if one eats a shalva, which is small little puffed wheat. 
Over here also we have a problem of, of the din of a beria alongside the problem, what kind of bracha achrona do you make? Because uh, it's a question of eating uh, zayin minim, but not in the form of chita. It's not in the processed form of chita. So there, there, that machlokas we discussed regarding kosa chita in the previous year. Regarding all these cases, there's a problem regarding beria, and therefore the Shulchan Aruch says one should refrain. If one ate a beria, what does one do? Bidi eved, does one make a bracha achrona? Does not one make a, a bracha achrona? Also regarding, here, regarding this issue, there's a machlokas among the poskim. But, uh, and again, it depends on exactly what, what one ate. One should probably work with the din of suffix brachas lahakel and not make a bracha achrona. However, one should refrain from putting oneself into such a position of a suffix brachas lahakel. You have been listening to Rabbi Ayakan this year in Hilchot Brachot. Today's Adachai Yomit. The Mechaber in Siman Petet has the following Psak. Asur lol hit asek b'tzorachav oli lech laderech ad shitpalel tefilat shmonesre. It is prohibited to take care of your own matters or to go out on a trip until one has said shmonesre. The Ramah adds the following kula. We'll immediately hear the reluctance in his in the Psak. The Yesh Mikilim, there are those who uh, are Mekil. Lachash Amru Mikzat Brachot. Kodem Shamru Baruch Shama. The Machabah said you have to say Shmon Esrei before taking care of your own problems or going for a trip. There were those who said that it's enough to say some, some of the Brachot before Baruch Shama. In other words, some of the Kot Hashacha. V'tov, he adds, V'tov l'achmir b'zeh. But it's better not to rely on the skula. One should really hold like the Shulchan Aruch at the Mechaber and only say Shmon before taking care of other matters and not relying on the kula of Mikzat Brachot, of some of the Bikot HaShachat. This is based on a Gemara in the second parak of Brachot. There is some question as to what the Gyusan the Gemara is, whether it says Lasot Chafatzav, that's what it says in our Gemara. But in the Rif, it only says but nonetheless, all the, all the poskim quote both things, both taking a trip, which you might think is a more of an interruption, more of a uh, going away from davening, as opposed to just taking care of some small thing in the house that you, you have to write a check or, or, or fix something. But uh, in our Gemara, the gifts is Lasot Tzarechav as well. There's also another Gemara in the first back of Bachot, Bet. Here it's not formulated as a prohibition, more like a recommendation, but the Gemara says, Abba Binyamin Omer. Rabbi Benjamin said, There are two things I was very, very marked with. All my life I took care of these two things. The first one is, Literally, that my tefillah should be close to my bed. Rashi says, I was careful not to do work, and not to learn Torah when I woke up until so as she says, he neither did work, Asat Malacha, doesn't mention going out on a trip, Asat Malacha, or even learning or even learning Torah. So taking these two statements together, this is the basis for the Shulchan Aruch's Psaq, all Poskim agree, neither taking care of your own matters or going out going out for a trip, going uh, traveling someplace, Achit Palel Tfilat Shmonesve, as she says, Kriyachma Vishmonesve. There's an interesting psak in the Prach. The pre the pre Chadash says that he thinks that let's say it's Friday, 
And you have to buy chalas for Shabbos, fresh chalas for Shabbos, food for Shabbat. He says, you're allowed to do that before davening. What's the logic of the Pach? The logic of the Pach is that what is the nature of the prohibition here? Is it, is, is, it's asut lasot tzavachan. Why is that? He's saying it's not that there's a prohibition on doing things. Prohibition is a prohibition of precedence. It's lasot tzavachan, taking care of yourself before tzavachay shamayim, before God's matters. Your, your problems before God's problems. So therefore the Prach argues that take, getting ready for Shabbat, buying chalas, buying a filter fish, that's onik Shabbat, that's a mitzvah, that's tzolchei shamayim. And therefore there's no prohibition whatsoever. You haven't shown a improper pr- set of priorities in life because you're not taking care of your private matters before godly matters. You're taking care of godly matters before godly matters. There is no prohibition whatsoever. That's the Prach's argument. Many poskim, when they're discussing the prach, so they begin to, dis- to try to figure out, well, is Onik Shabbat, the mitzvah of getting food for Shabbat, is that the Oraita or the Rabbanan? The truth is, it's a pasuk in Yeshayahu. Im tashiv mishabbat raglecha asot chavatecha v'yom kotshi v'karata l'shabbat onik l'dosh Hashem mechubad. It's a pasuk in the Navi. And there's some question whether that has a status of the Oraita, min Torah, or mid Rabbanan. The Rabbanan very carefully phrases it as an in-between status, for instance. Uh, on the other hand, tefillah, davening, is that the Oraita or the Rabbanan? We already mentioned the Mama holds the Oraita and, and uh, Tosfot holds only the Rabbanan. In other words, the Poskim are trying to figure out which mitzvah is more important. So if Onik Shabbat is the Oraita and tefillah is the Rabbanan, then of course the Prach is right. But if Onik Shabbat is the Rabbanan and tefillah is the Oraita, then of course the Prach is wrong. I think they're missing the point of the Prach. The Prach isn't saying that you can do more important things before less important things. And the most important thing in life, normally, according to the Gemara, was the Davin, as opposed to taking care of a light bulb. No, the Prach is arguing that the Gemara is saying is that it's not more important or less important, but it's a matter of basic priorities. You have to address God before you address yourselves. So once you're dealing with godly matters, it makes no difference. It could be that on the Shabbat is the Rabbanan, and Tefillah could be the Oraita, but nonetheless, where's the problem here? You're not insulting God, so to speak. You're not, you're not showing an improper attitude towards God by taking care of on the Shabbat, because God wants you to do it. And therefore, the whole Isur does not apply. But again, the post had a different attitude. Halach Lema most Poskim mentioned this to Mishnah Burah, as an example, are reluctant to rely on the Prach, they say only if uh, there's a problem, perhaps there won't be any food later on, the Chadus will run out, then one can rely on the Prach, and even then they suggest relying on the Ramah as well, namely saying Brachot first, doesn't take very long, saying Brachot HaShachah first, and, and then if there's a problem and you won't be able to find Chalas, then you can go by the Chalas first and only go to Shul afterwards, but otherwise one should daven first. Of course, this Ramah that I mentioned is based on what I said is the proper understanding of the Prach. Why does the Ramah say it's enough to say Brachot? Perhaps he lays the possibility. It's enough to say Brachot and not Shmon Esrei. The reason is because of what the Prach said. After all, Shmon Esrei, is the right, Brachot is surely only the Babanan. But the answer is the whole prohibition was incorrect priorities. before Chepsei Shamayim. So, what do you say? Some Brachot, you've, you've done Chepsei Shamayim, you've addressed God. It doesn't make a difference uh, whether you said Shmon Esrei or, or Brachot. So at least in Ramah's head as a possibility, Biyesh Mekilim, of course, if you've addressed God, then you can take, then, then it's a matter of priorities. What's the most important thing? Getting ready for Shabbat is very important, you can daven later. Of course, this assumes that you'll still get to davening in time before the time runs out. 
I'm not sure that even according to the Pach's understanding of the Gemara that he's correct. The Pach speaks of two categories, Chafatzecha and Chafzei Shamayim. I suspect that the Gemara is not talking about Chafatzecha and Chafzei Shamayim, but it's talking about things, all things, and davening, and tefillah. It has to do with addressing God, not taking care of the most important things, which are God things and not private things, but addressing God. The picture is that we are all servants in the court of God. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is you check in. The first thing you do is you say, so to speak, hello to God. It could be, as servants in God's court, everything we do is in the, is in the mission of, of, of God. But nonetheless, the first thing a servant has to do is, so to speak, to put his card into the, into the time slot. You have to say, I'm here. I'm checking in. I'm a servant of God. You declare your allegiance. You declare that you're a servant of God. Everything you're going to do from now on is what God wants you to do. So the first thing you do is you, so to speak, ask him what he wants you to do. That's what we call tefillah. This is what Rashi, the Rashi I quoted on Dafhei says, Abba ben Yemen said, according to Rashi, he didn't even learn Torah before davening. Learning Torah is surely chefzei shamayim. And it's surely a mitzvah deyongaita. But nonetheless, why should one daven and learn Torah as opposed to learning Torah and davening? As I pointed out, the first thing you do is you speak to God. Afterwards, you take care of your own matters, God's matters. Then you'll make your priorities. But it's but when you wake up, the very first thing, samuch lamitato, I think Abba Minyamin said he didn't even walk around. Samuch lamitato. The first thing you do is one should uh, one should daven. Of course, one has to get ready for davening. Because you have to get dressed and you have to go to shul. But but you're immediately going to speak to God. Not going to do not going to do anything else. Again, Allah Maisa. Most poskim say that one can rely on the prach if there's a great need, something's going to run out, but otherwise uh, one uh, one shouldn't. And and that's today's and that's today's alachayomit. That's all for today. We'll be back tomorrow with the uh, shir, the weekly share on problems of medieval philosophy. Until then, wishing you a yom tov, a kol tov. from Gush Etzion in Eretz Israel. This has been Ezra Beck, and this has been KMTT, the Torah podcast. כי מציון תצא תורה ודבר השם מירושלים.